Chapter 1 Burgerbrow Keller At the edge of large cities, where street lamps are scarce and policemen walk by twos, are houses where you mount till you can mount no further, up and up into attics under the roof, where pale young geniuses, criminals of the dream, sit with folded arms and brood. Thomas Mann, At the Prophets November 8, 1923 At about ten o'clock on a chilly gray morning, the normally late-rising Adolf Hitler woke with a splitting headache and a sharp pain in his mouth. For days, he had refused to seek medical help for his toothache. There was no time, he said, for a trip to the dentist. The 34-year-old Hitler rented a small back bedroom in an apartment at Tierstrasse 41. At about 8 feet by 15 feet, the room was sparsely decorated, with little more than a chair, a table, a bookcase, and a large bed with a headboard that partially blocked the single window. Drawings were tacked up on the walls, and worn rugs covered the linoleum floor. He rarely entertained visitors there, though for his most recent birthday, he had packed the space with flowers and cakes decorated with swastikas and whipped cream. After belting his trench coat and looping his riding whip around his wrist, Hitler rushed over to the offices of the Volkischer Beobachter, the National Socialist Party newspaper at Schellingstrasse 39. This was just north of Munich's medieval center and a few blocks away from one of the city's grand boulevards. In the bare whitewashed room on the second floor sat the introspective 30-year-old editor Alfred Rosenberg, a Baltic German who already thought of himself as the philosopher of the party. He wore a violet shirt with a brown vest, a blue jacket, and a bright red tie. A pistol lay on his desk, serving as a makeshift paperweight to a stack of papers. Rosenberg was deep in conversation with another member of the party, the 35-year-old half-American Ernst Hanfstangl, a tall and flamboyant Harvard-educated dilettante who came from a family that owned a prominent art reproduction firm. The two men discussed the morning's paper, which, in the runaway inflation that gripped the country, cost five billion marks. This was still three billion marks cheaper than its socialist rival, the Münchener Post. Rosenberg and Hanfstangl stopped their conversation when they heard Hitler stomping up and down the corridor, shouting, Where is Captain Goering? No one knew. Hermann Goering was often late, or out of the office enjoying lunches with friends, usually at Munich's most expensive restaurants. That morning, however, Goering was at home in the suburb of Obermensing with his Swedish wife Karen, who was suffering from pneumonia. Rosenberg and Hanfstangl rose when Hitler entered the room. Hitler swore the men to secrecy and went straight to the point. Rosenberg was to draw up a series of posters and spearhead a special edition of the newspaper. Hanfstangl would be in charge of alerting the foreign press in his most subtle, discreet manner about the importance of being at the Burgerbrau beer cellar that evening without revealing why. After that, both men were to report there at seven sharp, and bring their pistols. The moment for action has come, Hitler said. You know what that means. Around eight o'clock on that black virtually starless night, 
A flashy red Benz pulled up to the entrance of the Burgerbrau Keller, located about a mile south of the city center. Beer halls, like this one, were popular venues for political meetings, with promises of ample food, drink, space, and, it was hoped, a lively atmosphere conducive to rallying the party faithful. They were also increasingly providing opportunities for disrupting the gatherings of rivals. But the crowd that night was far larger than anyone had expected. There had been only one small notice in a single newspaper, Munchenaugsburger Abendzeitung, and about 50 invitations, mostly sent at the last minute. An estimated 3,000 people, however, had thronged its premises for that night's political rally. Munich City police officers had been turning people away for the last 45 minutes. A crowd now spilled outside onto the stone steps below police lines and onto the street.